Live from the rooftop of the Herman London Real Estate Group in beautiful downtown Maplewood, it's the St. Louis Realtor Podcast with your host, Adam Cruz. Welcome, welcome everybody to the St. Louis Realtor Podcast, live from the Shannon's Rehab. Yay, hey. I bought a house. Yeah, hey everybody, so Shannon bought a house. I did, I bought a house. Are you going to live here? No, I am not. You bought an investment property. I did. I bought an investment property. Okay, so tell us, well, first of all, what part of town are we in? We're in the Grove. We're in the Grove. How did you find this place? I actually found it on the MLS. Oh, this was an MLS listed property? Mm-hmm. And you And you bought it? You, did you negotiate? Did you work some deals? Um, I bought it. No, there was some, a couple other offers on the table. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, but I didn't negotiate kind of with the seller directly, which is probably a little odd uh-huh. because he didn't have an agent. He had a transaction broker. Okay. Okay. So I don't really technically know how that works because, but the transaction bro- broker was never present really in any part of this transaction. Well, we'll talk about that on another podcast okay. how about that. So tell me, can you tell us how much you paid for the property? 60. 60. Okay. And you can look around on this video and you can see we're sitting Amongst the studs. It looks like you guys have already done some demo, or did, did you buy it like this with Rehab this, Started? Yep, I bought it exactly as you see it right now. So I think he was in the midst of doing this rehab. I think he was in over his head, didn't really know where to go. And you saw that and you thought, hey, my first rehab, some other guy's in over his head, but I got this. Right, right. Okay, so I saw a picture of you on Facebook where you guys were already like doing some sort of work. What have you done already? So the first thing that we had to tackle was the yard. The weeds were probably as tall as my shoulders. Oh, wow. So you did so, much yard work already? Yes. Um, but there was so much trash and debris among the, the, the weeds and in the yard that I could have paid somebody to come out and do it, but it was pretty expensive. So I just kind of brought my weed whacker out uh-huh. and just started knocking down the weeds. And it took a few... Took a few days to actually get through it and cut down some of the, the, the weeds that were really grown into some pretty large, um, almost trees. Well, I'm sure that we can agree. And when we're doing our podcast five years from now, you're going to say, ha ha, don't do your own yard work. Hire someone for that, right? I'm sure we can agree that your highest and best use is not that. But my opinion is this is your first, re- oh, it's not really your first rehab, but this no. is kind of your first rehab to be a rehabber right well yeah so right yeah so i've done other projects i've done other i've done other rehabs of sorts and i live in a rehab that we did um but this is a to z this is everything so i have not done a rehab to this degree okay where and that's where i think i saw this as an opportunity i know what kind of things cost in general so when i walked in um, it really is a shell and yeah. I knew I was buying a shell mm-hmm. and to me that's almost easier than buying something that you have to knock down walls and, and, find a bunch of and you find a bunch of secrets and surprises that you weren't prepared for. Well, just like when I buy an investment property and uh, a rental property or whatever, I think it makes sense to spend, you know, at least a weekend or so working on the place because you're really familiarizing yourself with the property, its problems, all the little Weird kinks about it, right? And, and in your case, I guess you're going to rehab it and then sell it? Yes. So we are going to fix it up and... Sell it. Resell but then it. you'll know when they do their inspections, there are going to be no surprises for you, probably. 
Right. right. And that's the idea. I'm hoping so. Absolutely. If everything is done correctly, absolutely. It should be a very flawless inspection for the buyers. Well, one of the ideas that we wanted to do on this podcast is go through actual numbers, right? And yes. so people always talk about, oh, I'm going to buy a property. Or, you know, I see on Facebook people are like, looking to buy more rentals. You know, I posted something like that the other day. Right. I would think people are sitting there wondering, okay, Shannon, where the heck did you get the $60,000 to buy this house? And where are you going to get the money to do the rehab? And I am not the kind of guy who would ever ask such a personal question, but you told me you wanted to talk. Yeah, about I don't that, right? I don't have a problem talking about the personal aspect of it or the numbers just because I think it does help other people out. Mm-hmm. I think that that's what helps me out or helped me out through some of this process is really understanding and listening to other podcasts or other investors really roll out the numbers to understand how they got from point A to point B. And so for me, uh I did a HELOC, so a home equity line of credit. So I took out money based on the equity of my house. So the house that you live in has equity, meaning it's worth X and you only owe X, so you're able to borrow on this difference? Yes. I shouldn't have used X's <clears throat> both time, right? You, you, it was worth X, you owed Y, and you're able to borrow on the difference. Right, right, right. Okay, which is interesting because I think a lot of people think, oh, I would love to do a rehab if only I had more money. Right. So we bought <clears throat> our house 10 years ago and we put it and it was it was a rehab. So uh-huh. we've put a lot into it. But now after 10 years, um, for one, I guess it appreciated pretty quickly after we did the rehab. So we two years ago did a HELOC. The house appraised at 350. I think appraisals are pretty interesting because they can really skew from... Okay, so Almost 100000 Two years ago, you thought we would like to have a home equity line of credit. Were you already a realtor at the time? You I was a realtor. Right? And what we were trying to get into starting to buy investment properties okay. and rentals at the time. So you called a lender. They hired an appraiser. They came out. They said it's worth three fifty. They knew what you owed on it. Yes. And they said, we'll give you a loan for 80% of the equity? Or how'd they do that? Yeah. So it's 80%. Of the equity in the house, so or is it eighty percent of the of the appraised value minus what you owe? Yeah, it's eighty percent of the appraised value minus what you owe. Okay, and so that was in your case at least sixty thousand dollars. Yeah, so in that case, it was about it was a hundred thousand. Okay, so it, initially, but we were having a baby and it started to get a little bit overwhelming. So what I ended up doing with the cash at the time was just hard money lending uh-huh, um, uh-huh. for a while for about a year and a half or so. But we got that money back at the beginning of this year. And since the beginning of this year, I really have been hard hitting it, trying to find investment properties as in rentals. Right. Um, and I think, the hardest part for any investor is just getting started. You know, it's the analysis paralysis. Absolutely. What do I want? And I've seen other investors and I've worked with them come to go, I have a hundred thousand, which seems to be a rounded number. And now I want the most for my money, but I don't know what that means necessarily. Everybody has to come to terms with what that means to them. Exactly. And, um, so is it cash flow? Is it just a solid investment that you can sell later that it appraises? You know, so there's all these factors and that we should, you know, we'll do another podcast on all the different ways to, that investors figure that out. 
So you knew you had 100000 available. Uh-huh. And on this Friday property, came. you came in, you said, okay, I can buy it for sixty. Did you do any sort of uh, <clears throat> bring the contractors over to evaluate what the rehab was going to cost? Or how did you decide? Not really. Um, I, I kind of knew... You know, we have spreadsheets. Spreadsheets are widely available to you to... For rehab costs. Yeah, things. kind of guesstimates or estimates now. So I really take those. The one thing I was not sure about was the plumbing. So I did have um, the plumber I use to come over because I knew that that would be the most, I thought, expensive part of the mm-hmm. rehab because I thought it was pretty much all new. It was going to have to be redone underneath the, con- the basement floor the- to all the way up out to the actual Did you do sewer. inspections and find a... No, it was just a 10-day cash deal. Wow, you closed in 10 days? No, because there were title issues. Okay, of you're supposed to, you agreed to close in 10 <laughs> days with no inspections? Right. No, I not mean, a sewer I ladder line. Do... You mm-hmm. just assumed the sewer ladder line is crushed um, and we need an all new one. Yes. Wow, okay, so you kind of, that's interesting. That's still, I guess, conservative approach if you budget it in for worst right. case scenarios. Right, okay. Right. And tell me, what did you think the whole rehab is going to cost? So I think I thought at worst about um, our highest was maybe ninety thousand, including the purchase price. No, you're going to put ninety more into it, right? Okay. So ultimately, what we had to do is go get another HELOC loan. So I on your house on my house. Okay. <laughs> um, so I. Switched banks. I went over to um, Central Bank. I have a relationship with a guy over there. And I did a 90% HELOC. Oh, they, so they had a better program, 90%. They did. They have up to 95 But you have wow. to really, I, I think it's a very under-the-table kind of type thing where they, um, they really got to know you and know where your money is and what you're doing. Okay, so you're willing and able to spend an additional $90,000 on this property. Yeah, so we actually did the new HELOC, and we did another appraisal, which is why we probably joke about appraisals. So the appraisal came back at four fifteen this time. Okay, right. <laughs> yeah, I always joke about appraisals. I mean, it's a game. It's a total game. And so we were, the, the HELOC in total now was $197,000. Holy cow. So that's way more than we You're need. Right. Yeah. But that does allow us to, you know, um, pay off the other HELOC because we're transferring everything over to Central Bank. We are doing the, that allow us to do the rehab. And if an investment property, another one, either rehab or rental kind of pops up, it allows us the down payment for that. I don't mm. know that it allows us enough to, do, to buy outright some, another rehab. Well, it's good that you have more than you need because, you know, on every rehab TV show, it's like, we don't have enough money. And then it cuts to commercial, right? Yes. And so hopefully you'll have enough money even if you find out something crazy. Right. And really the budgets kind of come down to no more than 80 is what I really think we can. I, I'm trying to keep it at 70 to 75. I think no more than 80 should be realistic. I mean, because you got to remember there's holding costs. Uh-huh. There's the cost of the HELOC. Right. Um, so... There's going to be realtor fees. The insurance is very expensive for rehab. Insurance. Once you get it all done, are you going to do staging? Yes. And that's minimum, what, 3,000? I mean, depends on who you hire. Yeah. But I I have very specific staging in mind. Okay. So much so that I'm actually thinking of just buying my own furniture. (laughs) Okay. Well, then, 
uh, when did you buy this place? What like so today? At it's the end September. of August. So you bought it very a couple end, weeks ago. Yeah, so about a month ago, or right at probably three weeks ago. Yeah. Three weeks ago, and all you've done is yard work. Right. So it's always a lot more complicated, as you know. People uh-huh. have asked that a thousand times over. So what have you done? What have you done? Absolutely nothing besides the yard work and trying to get quotes together. You've been getting quotes. Yes. So uh-huh. there's a few more trees to take down than I was expecting. And trying to get a tree service over here um, has been challenging. And then the, I think the first quote came in at about $15,000. And wow. I had about 5000 in the budget. Do we really so need to get the trees taken down before we can take down this, like, uh, framing? Framing. I mean, can this all well, be going on really, I want to make it watertight. So it does need a new roof. I think the, I feel like the roof leaks somewhere. And I'm, I think if there's like a corner over there, I can kind of, like, I don't feel like it's watertight. Okay. And so I want to make it watertight. Start with the new roof before you start putting a bunch of money on the inside. Yes. So I want to, but I also need to do the tuck pointing because the tuck pointer needs to build up the, and redo some of the parapet walls. Mm-hmm. So you have to have the tuck pointer and the roofer kind of in cahoots together and at the same time. But to do the roof, in order to get, I have to get the trees taken care of because they're looming right over the, the, the roof. And okay, so, so once they start cutting them, I don't want them to cut over a new roof. So part of the whole closing in 10 days thing meant that you weren't able to take any of that time while you didn't own it to start getting bids. Not really. If you would have done a typical 30 to 45 day closing, next, next one you do, will you try for a little bit longer closing and then be trying to get all those bids before you've even bought it? Um, maybe. Okay. And I guess your holding costs on this aren't that crazy per month? Can you kind of give me an idea what they are per month? Well, right now, since we switched the HELOC, it's about 4%. I don't have any water or electricity. I don't have any utilities coming into the house at all. Uh So I don't really have utilities. And so it's really the HELOC and the insurance. So did you get vacant property insurance? I did. And rehab insurance, which is exponentially More expensive? expensive. Okay. I think it's... It's more than my homeowners well, for just six months. So with all of the, well, I guess that's because you live at home and you're kind of protecting the house, right? Now right. they know this place is vacant and anyone could break in. And so with all this work you're planning on doing, what's your timeline? My timeline is six months. Six months. So March, which is perfect. That's a great time to be trying to sell, right? Right, right. And so people are, hopefully you get the uh, heat going in here before wintertime. Well, that is kind of the plan is to try and get everything it, watertight, new roof, tuck pointing, and utilities in to keep it warm throughout the winter. Once you have people over here working, how often are you going to be here? Probably all the time. I'll probably be the project manager. So there'll be someone here tiling or framing or whatever, and you're going to be here kind of finding work to do too. Just to keep eyes on everything? Now, I won't be actually here working, but I'll be popping in constantly popping in. And okay. like a project manager. Which you have the flexibility to do. If somebody that's listening or watching has the opportunity, wants to do this, but they have a full-time job, would you say they can't do it unless they can be here all the time? Or do you think they should just be kind of like coming by maybe after work or at lunch or something? Yeah, I think that that's the thing is I think you can pop by during lunch and after work and see where they're at have the contractors they can call you during the day and when they yeah. have questions because they have a thousand questions as they go through the project and you're calling yourself the project manager is that the same thing as the general contractor 
meaning you're managing all the subs and everything? Yes. Is it going to be your job if they need more mortar? Is it going to be your job to run to Home Depot and get it? Or is that their job? I'm going to say that's going to be their job. Mm -hmm. Um, But if need be, I could do it. Okay. Okay. I've done that. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that you, projects. you ran your numbers, right? And so you know this area really well. Probably I do. Better than anyone. I'm actually working on another rehab with an investor. That, so that's more of a client. It's uh-huh. exactly the same footprint. It's really? a shotgun-style house. So it'll be one bedroom on the main floor, finished basements. Is this going to be a finished basement? Yes. Okay, wow. So Just in order, one bedroom on the main floor? Yeah, so shotgun-style homes don't typically have a lot of square footage enough to have two bedrooms <laughs> at traditional size anyway. So... Um, so usually what you'll find is a living area, kitchen, one bedroom, then downstairs is the bedroom and another finished room. So depending on how you work egress, it could be two bedrooms. Okay. And so assuming the market continues to be at least as good as it is now, or hopefully in your case appreciates, do you have any idea what you would kind of be hoping to sell the place for? So close to around the two mark. 200,000. Okay. Um, that's pretty much our mark for the other rehab um, that I'm working with on the investor. I've seen that pulled off more than a few times. I've seen up to 250. Okay. This must be a pretty hot area if you're going to sell a one bedroom house for 200. Well, it'd be a two bedroom. Oh, because of the basement? Yes. Okay. And no, it will be a legitimate two bedroom because egress has to. You're going to build place. or uh, like carve out bigger windows and all sorts of stuff? Yes. Um, and uh, yes. So there's a couple things that you have to you have to make sure the electrical box is not is in a common area. Otherwise, it can't be called a bedroom because right now the electrical box is in that back room, which we're going to do as a bedroom. So that okay. has to be moved wow. to a common area and for us to be able to call it a bedroom. Well, it's good that you know all those rules in advance, right? Otherwise, that could be another like, oh my gosh, we have to move the electric box. Oh, break to commercial. Right. 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 Yeah, I mean, I think that that's, but that's the other thing. Is the city of St. Louis has added a lot of new codes as of mid-September. Oh, they did? Yes, a lot of them. And there are a ton of new electrical codes. It's almost an overhaul of the electrical code here in the city of St. Louis. So much so that they're calling for some pretty drastic things that are going to exponentially increase the cost of doing electricity. So are you meeting with like a couple different... Like super professional electric companies, yes, and getting their bids, but also just like learning from them, listening to what they say. Yeah, so they're I, so I've met with one. He's gone through the new code with me, and he showed me the email. He goes, "I know." He goes, "If you try to get bids, and they're half of what I'm, I'm telling, I'm offering or bidding." He goes, "It may not pass, and I want you to know why." So, um. You know, they're calling for arc fault breakers, um, you know, normal breakers, $5, yeah. and arc fault breakers, $40. Wow. So if you have to do all those, I mean, you're talking about something that was $1,600 previously is now $3,000. Holy cow. So um, that's something I'm going to have to figure out, manage, and well, remember, make uh, up many, some costs, I think. Yeah. Many uh, podcasts ago, we interviewed Than Merrill. And he was, he's, he's got uh, yeah, to like, yeah, yeah. Yes. he comes around the now Fortune and does builders. like the seminars, mm-hmm. but he used to have the TV show. They were on HGTV, Flip like this house. Flip this house uh-huh. or whatever. And one of the things I learned from watching that TV show was about how they would make their contractors sign something that said, 
great. Here's what we pay. That's fine. Here's what we're agreeing to. But if you're not done by this date, then we're going to reduce what I owe you by X amount. So every week that you go by or every day that you go by, then I owe you less money, which puts a deadline on the contractor. I don't know if you remember us talking about that. Okay, so here's my thought process because the investor tried to do that with the contractor over at the the one across a few blocks away. And she's and he was like so what he ultimately ended up doing is extending the time, almost doubling it. Mm-hmm. And then he is like, but if we get done early, we want a reward. Mm-hmm. So we want we want more money if we're done early. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if we're not done on time, yes, you can penalize us. But instead of it taking, I don't know, say six weeks, he was now saying, but now it's going to take 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, so did so, she agree to that? No, I, mean, I, I didn't think that that was a really good idea because I'm like, of course he's going to be done early. He, ex- right. he extended it out. He doubled his time. Well, so that's a savvy contractor trying to negotiate and pl- kind of play games back, right? I mean, right. I think it's fair if they say, oh, I think we can get it done in four weeks. Let's just say. It's fair if you want to add that, that they add on maybe two weeks or something like that and yes. say six weeks. And that's fair, right? But for me as an investor, all I want to know is when is it going to be done right. so I can plan? I think if you hire someone halfway reputable, they want to get the job done too so that they can get paid. This is how they make their living. Now, if you're going to hire some Yahoo who, you know, like, because he's so cheap, but he doesn't show up. Well, so you're going to probably have a mix, right? You're probably going to hire super professional plumber, super professional electric company. But like your flooring guy or the guy who's going to paint or someone like that, I mean, they, they're, you're probably not going to go with Angie's List AAA rated guy. You're going to be like... No, not necessarily. Someone who's good, who's come by recommendation maybe, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So there will certainly be a mix. But the guys, in regards to the permits, because we are going to pull permits. Permits, perfect. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, that he, that, yeah. So those are the things that are going to really eat into your time, though. The yeah. framing, the electrical, the plumbing. And so those guys will be... Um, Drywall, whatever. Mm-hmm. So uh, do you have any sort of agreements that you're going to make people sign about reducing your liability if they get hurt here? Or is that... A hold, hold harmless? Uh-huh. Um, thought about it. I... I'm not sure. I guess the key is if they have, they need to be insurance licensed. Uh-huh. So you're going to verify all that. I mean, I think that that's my the insurance that I carry in commercial. That's one of kind of the 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 terms in there. Uh-huh. So well, we have a uh, we have one of those agreements that you can use from Herman London. Hold harmless. I, I don't know if that's exactly what it's called, but I had a contractor one time that cut himself while he was working on my house, and he was. I'm like. All I need is for this guy to see a Brown and Crouppen billboard on his way home from the hospital. You know what I mean? And so from then on, I make everybody sign that kind of agreement because I don't want to be, you know, I don't want my project to be like super liable of somebody getting hurt, which is himself. Yeah. Yeah. It's the nature of the project, though, too. It is the nature of the the nature of the project. But we can mitigate our risks as much as possible. Yes. Which you've done. Financially, by having extra money available, you've done financially by over, uh, hopefully overbidding in your mind what you think things might cost, um, which we can do by getting multiple bids, having good agreements with people. So th- let's talk about what problems you've already had. You've owned the place for a month. You said you haven't done anything. Have you already come across things? You said the trees. Yeah. So the trees, like I said, that's going to be a little bit more. As I think 
like what you said, it rings so true. It's nice to kind of work in the property and on the property, even though I may not do everything and in, you don't, it's not the best use of time. What it does allow me to do is intimately get to know the property enough mm-hmm. to know what we might need to do. So as I'm here, I'm like, you know what? I really, I really do want to take down a bunch of trees mm-hmm. um, to really kind of carry off. And so the best time to do that is all together versus kind of later on down the road, adding more services like that. So I think it's nice to sit in here and kind of try and picture what we want to do. For one, all this framing is going to go. It doesn't work um, with what I want to, the layout. Um, the bedroom that they've framed out doesn't even have a window in it, which, so you can't call it a bedroom. Cause you have well, no... I see a bottle of empty bottle of wine over there, so I guess you guys have been over here, kind of thinking and just talking and. Yes, so I had one of my girlfriends come over and help me with kind of like think through some of the layouts um, because it is extraordinarily challenging to try and fit everything that you want to fit into this space um, that that the buyers want today, and yeah. it's a very small space, and it's it's not very long, and it's definitely not very wide. We're talking fourteen feet wide. That's it. Wow. Okay. So do we uh, actually need a bedroom? I mean, can it just be all open and they can like have a bed in the middle? Uh, I don't know that that's desirable to today's buyer. So that again, okay. we go back to trying to hammer out some of the layouts that really would please today's buyer. Right, right, right. Okay. Uh, let's see. What else should we talk about here today? Nothing. I mean, this is just the start of it. I think we'll kind of like try and do these uh, shorter podcasts on these, the rehab to kind of allow people to follow maybe some of the progress and learn from my mistakes because on every project there's mistakes, I think. So if we come back in a month, what's going to be done? Yeah, probably in a month, hopefully at least the new roof. So, so the trees will be down. The Hopefully roof. the trees will be down the roof and tuck point. Are you guys going to try to like demo this and yourself? Um, you know, I have a guy who can demo this pretty inexpensively. And that's where I'm like, that might be a better use of my time. I've spent enough time inside. And really, I'm kind of going around with the contractor, this guy that I've been trying to hammer out some deals with mm-hmm. on um, the layout. And we've kind of gone back and forth so much that I can't even get the kitchen down because it's, it's hard to see this space. And one of the things I always do in a rehab is you'll see some of this tape. I'll go in and lay out spaces with tape. Oh, these are example walls. Yeah. So some of my taping and some of my two by fours are kind of some walls. And so he's like, what you really need to do, he goes, is just gut it. And then you'll have this nice blank canvas that maybe you can think through some of your um, troubled spots in, in trying to really finalize your layout. So would Ikea just come over here and design something for you? They could. I mean, is that a service they offer? They, it is. I think it's a, it's a $250 service for them to come out and design a kitchen, but you get that back if you buy the cabinets. They just do the kitchen, though? I mean, they, you know, you go into Ikea and they have I don't these, know if like, they have other planning services. I know that the kitchen one you can do. Okay. Because you go in there and it's like, here's 30 square foot. <laughs> like, look how now, you can live. Um, there are other furniture stores that do that, okay. that offer design services and they will come out. Okay. Well, I cannot wait to come back here in a month or so. Maybe we'll give you two months just to get it going. <laughs> Um, and see how it's going. I really hope anyone watching or listening will submit questions, comments, concerns. I know um, 
Brad Evans will comment and say, ask if you need flooring, you know. Okay. <laughs> and yeah. so uh, we look forward to following up. Thanks for letting us in, sharing your numbers with us. And Absolutely. I hope you'll continue to as the project goes, because this is super valuable to anyone watching and listening that's thinking, man, that's what I really wish I was doing with my Wednesday. Yes. Well, I hope to, uh, I hope someone else takes something away from this. Well, so for everybody listening, thank you very much. And we look forward to uh, having, uh, I guess you listen or watch our next podcast. If you have any questions, it's podcast at hermanlondon.com. Any suggestions for future podcasts? And uh, we're looking forward to the company picnic Friday, by the way. I'm glad to hear you're coming. Yes, of course. Of awesome. course I'll are, be there. Are you going to be arm wrestling? I don't know if I want to embarrass the other girls like uh, that. but <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. So anyway, thanks again and take care. <laughs>